Okay. I'm two minutes early. No, I'm six minutes early. And uh, I see Otha May and Belva's on there. We got St. Louis and Kentucky on. Uh, the most faithful, of course. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about Isaiah, starting in Isaiah chapter 17 tonight. Let me jump over and make sure I got that ready. So, by the way, Otha, thank you. Thank you for all of the emails you send me, all of the research you do. I wish I had a hundred of you. Okay, another one from Ohio. Hello, Brenda. Let me try this. I think if I click on this, then it shows. Yeah. I don't know what that does. Now, I don't know how to get it off. <laughs> oh, it just disappeared. Okay. All right. Two minutes. Patty cake four, boss. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll say something about that. I'm the boss of my family, and my wife gave me permission to say that. I, I appreciate the ladies, and I appreciate so much my wife. Burlingame. Ah, Burlingame. Yep. Bucky Morgan, where are you from, Bucky? Looking forward to the teaching. I guess maybe it just stays up there for a few seconds and then maybe it'll go away. I don't know. All right. Oh, Texas. Bucky says Texas. So, Dave, how do I make that go away now? Do you know? You don't know either? Maybe if I click on it, it ought to have an exit on it. Wow. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Here's a hide. Okay. All right. I learned something new. Well, hello, John. Glad to see you here. Okay, show. Nah, hide. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> we are at 6.30, so let's get started. So welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church Bible Study. And uh, tonight we're going to start in Isaiah chapter 17, if you want to grab your Bible and read along. Anyway, let's start with prayer. Because... God's word is eternal. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. 
And I don't think that we can understand it just reading ink on paper or ink on computer or image on computer without the Holy Spirit revealing it to us, especially Isaiah. Isaiah, uh, before I memorized the Revelation, was my favorite book. But it is also the largest book in the Bible. And it that's not true. Psalms is. But it... Uh, it is probably definitely one of the most complicated, very deep. And um, so let's get started. Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. When you return from the marriage supper of the Lamb, with the armies in heaven and us in tow, with the two angels with their sharp sickles, and after you've blown your morning star down and cleansed the earth, after you've given us our rewards, our mantles, our crowns, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. We will all then see what you've done. And we'll all cast our crowns at your feet, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Wisdom and might are yours. You change the times and seasons. You removeth kings and setteth up kings. You giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. You revealeth the deep and secret things. You knoweth what is the darkness and the light dwelleth with you. You kill, you make alive. You wound, you heal, and neither can any deliver out of your hand. And Lord, we ask you to show us the deep and secret things. Help us to understand your word when it was written, now and also in the future, and show us what you want us to do. Help us to be prepared to do whatever you want us to do in the future, to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so... We are going to jump to Isaiah chapter 17. And we're going to do this version. Okay, so here we go. <clears throat> the burden of Damascus. Behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city, and it will be, and it shall be, a ruinous heap. This is one of the most popular Verses in all of Bible prophecy. Anybody who doesn't even know the Bible <laughs> knows that verse because they all know that Damascus is one day going to be destroyed. Well, why is that important? Well, for one thing, Damascus is one of the oldest cities that has never been destroyed. So that's quite a prophecy. And tonight we're going to dig into it. The cities of Roar are forsaken. Okay, that's just east of the Dead Sea in Israel. They shall be for flocks which shall lie down, and none shall make them afraid. Now, what's that saying? Well, just before Armageddon, that's where Israel is. Israel, no one makes Israel afraid. And I think that's because Israel pulls out her secret weapon, according to John Paul Jackson. Uh, the headline was, and what other secret weapons does Israel have? Has she played all of her cards? That was the headline. Verse 3, the fortress also shall cease from Ephraim 
Ephraim is the northern part of Israel, and of the kingdom of Damascus and the remnant of Syria. They shall be as the glory of the children of Israel, saith the Lord of hosts. And in that day it shall come to pass that the glory of Jacob shall be made thin, and the fatness of his flesh shall wax lean. And it shall be as when the harvest man gathereth the corn and reapeth the ears with his arm. And it shall be as he that gathereth ears in the valley of Rephaim. What's he saying? This is days before Armageddon. And at this point, Israel uh, has gone through some hard times. Now, there's also scriptures that says she's going to be raised up to be the richest, wealthiest, strongest nation on earth. This apparently is just before Armageddon. Yet gleaning grapes shall be left in it as the shaking of an olive tree, two or three berries on the top of the outermost bough, four or five in the outermost fruitful branches thereof, saith the Lord God of Israel. At that day shall a man look to his maker, and his eyes shall have respect to the Holy One of Israel. Meaning this is, my guess is we're talking like a week before Armageddon. And this is when a lot of people have turn to start finding out who God is. You remember that there's one of the three woes is an angel flying through the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to all the people that dwell on the earth, every people, nation, language, and tongue, saying with a loud voice, fear God and worship him that made heaven and the things, the heaven and the seas and the fountains of waters. And at that point, and I believe that that is probably about four months before the the return of Jesus. It's probably the day before the bombs come down for arm for for Russia attacking America, and we go up to meet Jesus at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I do not consider that a rapture, because it's not protecting anybody. As a matter of fact, at that point, most Christians on the earth are probably already going to be dead. I might also add that the population on the earth at that point. Lucifer's killed everybody he possibly can. I mean, that is his objective. Anyway, let's go on. Verse 8, And he shall not look, yeah, he shall not look to the altars, the work of his hands, neither shall the respect that which his fingers have made, either the groves or the images. What are the groves? Well, things like, you know, where they cut a tree down in the forest and they bring it in and they fasten it with nails and then they decorate it. And then they put their gifts to their God underneath that tree. And today we call it a Christmas tree. And that is very pagan. In our house, we have not put up a Christmas tree for over 30 years. Anyway, let's go on. In that day shall strong cities be as a forsaken bow, and an uppermost branch which they left upon the children of Israel, and there should be desolation. Because thou hast forgotten the God of thy salvation, and hast not been mindful of the rock of thy strength, therefore shalt thou plant pleasant plants, and it shall set it with strange slips. Now those, it means that there's not much of a harvest. Well, why would there not be much of a harvest? Well, I mean, we've had several nuclear wars at that point. We have all kinds of problems uh, in the world at that point. And I'm going to read to you, I think before we get done tonight, a place in Isaiah where it says, few men are left. In that day shalt thou make thy plant to grow, and in the morning shalt thou make the seed to flourish, but the harvest shall be as a heap in a day of grief and desperate sorrow. Woe to the multitude of many people, which make a noise like the noise of seas and to the rushing of nations, 
and they make a rushing like the rushing of mighty waters. Who's this? This is Ezekiel, Ezekiel 38 and 39. This is the Russians and all of their enemies coming down to attack Israel. Remember, I read already for you over in Prophecy Club a couple of times. The scripture says that even though the whole world comes down to attack Israel, they will not be victorious. Once Israel is in their land again, 1948, she will never be uprooted again, which means she will never, ever lose another war ever again. Okay, let's go on. Verse 12, woe to the multitude of many people, which shall make a noise. As the, oh, I read that. Okay, 13. The nation shall rush like the rushing of many waters. Okay, I read that. No, I didn't either. The nation shall rush like the rushing of mighty or many waters. But God shall rebuke them, and they shall flee far off, and shall be chased as the chafe of the mountains before the wind. What is chaff? Okay, if you want to understand the last days, if you want to understand Armageddon, you've got to understand the growing of wheat. So let me take a second. So the sower goes out to sow. That sounds like a parable because it is. And he sows seed. And then sometimes there's, there's, there's tares among the wheat. Now, the thing of it is a tear looks just like the wheat. When it's in the early stages, when it's in the middle stages, even when it's the last stages, the tear, you can't tell the tear from the wheat until the harvest. Now, here's the difference. The tear stands up straight and has a few uh, sprigs going out like this. It has little, little bitty seeds. It's, it reminds me of Bermuda grass, if, if you've ever seen how that seed, very small seed, sticks up. And that whereas the, 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 the wheat is heavy and it has fruit on it, so it hangs down like that. So at harvest time, it's really easy to spot the tares. But before harvest, you can't spot them. So what the, the farmer does in the olden days, they go through and they pick all of the tares out first. The tares are all bound in bundles. That speaks against the pre-trib rapture, doesn't it? I'll bind them in the bundles. I can show you that in the, the Bible where Jesus says this. Then they're tossed into the fire. What's that? That's Armageddon. That's the morning star, which we will read a lot about tonight. Then his wheat is gathered into his barn. Now, when they gather the wheat, what do they do? Well, in the older days, they would take a, let me get this right. Um, you don't pronounce it skith. A scythe, scythe, I think is the way. I got several emails say you didn't pronounce that thing right. Anyway, so they grabbed the, the they would make a, a bundle of the wheat and then, Boom. They cut it and they put it up in stacks. So sometimes they would bind it so it would stand up so it would dry. And then when it's dry, then they take the sheaves, as they're called, and they throw them on the ground and they take a flail, which is where we get the word flailing, and which is basically kind of like uh, the nunchucks that Bruce Lee had. You know, it's two sticks with a rope between it or a chain between it and they beat that wheat. And then that causes the wheat to separate from the little leaves and from all the stalks. So all they have to do then is if the wind is blowing, great. If it's not, then they have to get a big fan and they fan it. So they throw it up and all of the chaff, the leaves, all of the, what's the chaff? Okay, so around each one of those little 
wheat kernels is it's it's stuff it's, it's as light as flies' wings, very light, but it's chaff right around the the the, the wheat kernel, along with the leaves and the stalks. So they all blow off, but the wheat kernel is heavy and it falls back down to the ground. So they have a nice pile of wheat. But if they've allowed even one little seed from the tares to get in there, when they grind it up and they make wheat, it ruins the bread because it's bitter. So that's, that's really a, a pretty good picture of how Jesus has to separate the wheat from the tares. And also the chaff, or the chaff is also referred to, and we're going to read this several times tonight. This chaff is referred to as um, stubble. Okay, now let me go back and read this again. 13. The nations shall rush like the rushing of many waters, but God shall rebuke them. That's the morning star. And they shall flee far off and shall be chased as the chaff of the mountains before the wind, and like a rolling thing before the world wind. So, when that morning star hits, whoom, there's another place that says they fall like a standard bearer when he faints. In other words, they just fall like a wet noodle. And behold, at evening tide, trouble. And before the morning, he is not. This is the portion of them that spoil us and the lot of them that rob us. That's the scripture right there, verse 14, that tells me when Jesus returns, it's in the evening. But before morning time comes, He's already removed all of the tares. It happens in less, so the day of the Lord is less than 24 hours. So those people want to say, oh, no, the day of the Lord is seven years. Wrong. They want to say, oh, no, the day of the Lord is the last three and a half years. No. Or even the last hundred days. No. It's less than 24 hours. Look at it again. Behold, that evening time trouble. That's Jesus returning. And before the morning, he is not. So the day of the Lord is less than 24 hours. That sendeth ambassadors. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I pushed the wrong button here. Hang on. Yeah. Boy, I jumped. Okay. How, how did that happen? I don't know how that happened. Hang on. Having technical difficulties here. Oh, okay, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it, okay. Woe to the land, shadowing with wings. Except for, I don't want to do this one. I want to go to 24 next. Hang on. Oh, that's one of the things when I went to pray uh, about this, uh, what the Lord said was Isaiah, but I want you to skip around. So I've got about 10 different places with scriptures. I think you find this very interesting tonight. If you love to, love to dig into the Bible, that's what we're going to do tonight. Not just reading through, but we're digging. Okay, so Isaiah 24. This is talking about when the earth turns upside down, okay? Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty, and maketh it waste, and turneth it upside down, and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest. means everybody experiences the earth turning upside down. Of course, you can imagine that. As with the servant, so with the master. As with the maid, so with the mistress. As with the buyer, so with the seller. With the lender, so with the borrower. In other words, everybody gets involved in this. The land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled. 
For the Lord has spoken his word. Now, what does that mean? It means that there's not a place on the earth that tares are not removed. There's not a place on the earth that his morning star does not reach. Before we get on tonight, I'm going to show you the scripture that says the sun, moon, and the stars are all gone. They're all, uh, what am I trying to say? Not demolished, but they're uh, dissolved. And all of the, the sinners, all of the tares, all of the grapes, there, there's only two groups of people left on the earth when it's done. Those people whose name is in the book of life and those people that did not take the mark of the beast, but they didn't take, uh, but they didn't receive Jesus either. They are the nations. They're allowed to live up to a thousand years. That's the reason it says, remember the scripture where it says, and he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Okay, that's saved from the wrath. But they're not saved in terms of the na their name getting in the book of life and given eternal life. Let's go on. Okay, so verse 3. The, the land should be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled, for the Lord has spoken his word. The earth mourneth and fadeth away. The world languisheth. Now, if you look at that word languisheth, it means that it grows old like a, a garment. Well, it used to be that when, I mean, before the flood, that things grew really, really big. As a matter of fact, they say that coal has 6% more energy in it than the wood today. So that means that probably there was about 60% more energy in the earth before the flood hit. Now, afterwards, we've, we've seen the lifespans continue to go down, 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 because there's less energy in the world. And today, you know, if you don't fertilize, if you don't kill all the bugs, it's just you can't get anything to grow, pretty much, okay? That's what it's saying. So the world languisheth, fadeth away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. So there's a lot of people that just, they can't make it, they starve to death. The earth also is defiled on the inhabitants thereof, because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore hath a curse devoured the earth, and that's where we are today. And they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned. Here it is, here it is. And few men left. And in other words, by the time Jesus returns, there's not many people left alive. The new wine mourneth, the vine languisheth, all the merry-hearted do sigh. Ken Peters said that he saw that after the long horn sounded, which he believed was, and he says he saw the, the dead open up. He said, I didn't see any live people go anyway, but he saw uh, the graves open up. Then he saw people in these really, really glowing, like white choir uniforms. He said that he had a big cloak around him. He said they walked around the grave for a few moments and then poof, they disappeared. He said, they didn't go up or anything like that. They just, boom, just disappeared. But after that moment, he said that everybody on earth had no more joy. They all had a look on their face as if they just walked out of their mother's funeral or something like that. I think that's what it's saying. All the merry-hearted do sigh. So there's some point in here near the return of Jesus, hopefully it's very, very close to the end, when the joy from the earth is just gone. The mirth of tabards cease. The noise of them that rejoice endeth. The joy of the harp ceaseth. 
They shall not drink wine with song. Strong drink shall be bitter to them that drink it. Meaning there's just no joy in the world. Some people say, oh, well, that's because the Holy Spirit's been taken out of the world. I'm not sure of that. Let's go on. The city of confusion is broken down. Every house is shut up that no man can come in. There is a crying for wine in the streets. All joy is darkened and the mirth of the land is gone. The In the city is left desolation and the gate is smitten with destruction. When thus it shall be in the midst of the land among the people, there shall be as the shaking of an olive tree and as the gleaning grapes when the vintage is done. They shall lift up their voice. They shall sing with the majesty of the Lord. They shall cry aloud from the sea. So this is just before Jesus returns, and it is not a happy day until Jesus returns. Then they will lift up their voice. They will sing for the majesty of the Lord, and they shall cry aloud from the sea. Wherefore, glorify ye the Lord in the fires, even the name of the Lord of Israel in the isles of the sea. From the uttermost part of the earth, we have heard songs even glory to the righteous. But I said, my leanness, my leanness, woe unto me, the treacherous dealers have dealt treacherously. Yea, the treacherous dealers have dealt very treacherously. Let me see how far I want to go there. Yeah, a little bit more. Fear in the pit and the snare upon thee, O inhabitant of the earth. And it shall come to pass that he who fleeth from the noise of the fear shall, shall fall into the pit. And he that cometh out of the midst of the pit shall be taken in a snare. For the windows from on high are open, and the foundations of the earth do shake. This is describing the day that Jesus returns. The earth is exceedingly, excuse me, is utterly broken down. The earth is clean, dissolved, dissolved. There you go. What does that mean? I think it means that every tear, every grape on the earth, gone, burned. Okay, now let me explain. What's the difference? When when I wrote my book, uh, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, I intended to explain that. That's the one question I get. Uh, what's the difference between the tears and the grapes? Grapes. Okay. So where do tears grow? They grow among the wheat. Well, who's the wheat? That would be us, Christians. So... The tares are the people that sit in the pews. They are the people that come up and hug your neck that fell away. Or maybe they never really had their heart with the Lord anyway. The Lord knows. But the grapes, we'll see, grape, the grapes don't grow in, among wheat. And wheat doesn't grow among grapes. So the grapes are those people and those nations that have almost no one Christian around them. whereas tares, they live among the wheat. They're in the church pews. I'd like to be able to say that the people that visit the church occasionally, but those might even be the grapes. I don't know. The Lord knows. But that's what he's talking about. The earth is utterly broken down. The earth is clean dissolved. The earth has moved exceedingly. When it says clean dissolved, that means when the morning star happens again in the evening, they are in the morning, they are not. So it's a burning. It goes all the way to the center of the earth, sets the foundations of the mountains on fire. The hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. All the sun, moon, and stars are all, I'll show you the scripture, just all dissolved. That's what it says. The earth is clean, dissolved. It means it. 
The earth is moved exceedingly. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, shall be removed like a cottage. A cottage is a like a hammock in the wind. I can't even get my hand here where you can see it there, like a hammock. Uh, and the transgression there shall be heavy on, and it shall fall and not rise again. So in case you're wondering, so is there going to be another Adam and Eve birth? And then another time where Jesus has to be sacrificed? No, no, it'll, ne it'll never happen again. This is the one and only time. It shall fall and not rise again. It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are on high. In other words, people, wealthy people, people high up in government, military, finance, in prison, on high, the kings of the earth upon the earth. They shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered into the pit. In other words, remember when uh, the angels are released, they go out to, through miracles, they go out to deceive the people upon the earth and gather them together to Armageddon. So the new world order to form a world government is actually the Lord's putting that on their heart. And they shall and give their power and strength unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. God puts it on their heart because he's gathering the tares to be burned. And it shall come to pass on that day the Lord shall punish the hosts of the high ones that are on high and the kings of the earth upon the earth. And they shall be gathered together as prisoners that gather them in a pit and shall shut up in prison and after many days they shall be visited. Then the moon shall be confounded <clears throat> and the sun ashamed when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his ancients gloriously. Well, they're actually dissolved. Let's go on. Uh, now let's go to 26. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, 2620. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut the doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. Almost every time the word indignation appears in the Bible, it is talking about one event. It's talking about Armageddon, the day that Jesus returns to burn up all of his enemies. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Uh, New Testament talks about that, where all of the slain come out of the, the graves. Okay, now let's jump to the next one. Oops, got to push the right button at the right time. Woe to the crown of pride, to the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is a fading flower, which are on the head of the fat valleys of them that are overcome with new wine. Behold, the Lord hath a mighty one, a strong one, which is a tempest, that's fire, of hail and a destroying storm, and is a flood of mighty waters overflowing shall cast down in the earth with the hand. Now, when he's talking about overflow with with uh, mighty waters, not talking about water, he's talking about fire there, the morning star. Uh, I think that's what I want to cover there. Let me go back to here. I told you we're going to skip around. And there should be upon every high mountain and upon every high hill rivers and streams of waters in the day of the great slaughter. When the towers fall, Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun shall be sevenfold, as the light of seven days in the day that the Lord bindeth up the breach of his people and healeth the stroke of their wound. 
I've said on the program, Prophecy Club, lots of times, that it's not that Israel just all accepts Jesus. It's this. This is the verse that explains what happens. In other words, the people, the, the Jewish people, have experienced 2,000 years of whooping, of judgment, of bad things happening to them. And so it finally reaches the time to where their sentence has been delivered. And so he says, the day the Lord bindeth up the breach of his people. In other words, he forgives all of their sins. Jeremiah 50 verse 20 says, and the sins of Israel were sought for and there were none. And the sins of Judah were sought for and none were found, for I will pardon those whom I reserve. The Lord bindeth up the breach of his people and healeth the stroke of their wound. He just forgives them. They didn't receive Jesus, but they have been punished enough. In other words, the beating is now stopped. Behold, the name of the Lord cometh from far, burning with his anger, that's the morning star, and the burden thereof is heavy. His lips are full of indignation, there's that word again, and his tongue a devouring fire, and his breath as an overflowing stream shall reach to the midst of the neck to sift the nations with the sieve of vanity. And there shall be a bridle in the jaws of the people, causing them to err. What's that? <laughs> it's causing all of the Russia and all of her buddies, Ezekiel 38 and 39 lists the city or the nations, all coming down to attack Israel, where Jesus is going to return and destroy them. You shall have a song in the night, when a hole in solemnity, 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 however you say that, is kept, and the gladness of a heart, and when one goeth with a pipe to come into the mountain of the Lord, to the mighty one, holy one, the mighty one of Israel. And the Lord shall cause his glorious voice to be heard, and shall show the lightning down his arm, with the indignation of his anger, and the flame of a devouring fire, with scattering tempest and hailstones. So what did he just say? And they shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel. Remember? First Thessalonians 4.16. That's the glorious voice. That's what he's talking about. And shall show the lightning down his arm. That's the morning star. When the indignation, that's the third time we heard that indignation associated with the day of the Lord. Indignation of his anger. And a flame of devouring fire with scattering and tempest and hailstones. Tempest again is fire. So they're talking about the morning star here, the day Jesus returns. For through the voice of the Lord, there you again, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, same word. Through the voice of the Lord shall the Assyrian, that's the reason I suspect that the Antichrist comes from Syria or from what was once the Syrian Empire, which unfortunately at one time was a pretty large area. But I do believe that the Old Testament name for the Antichrist is the Assyrian. So when it says, through the voice of the Lord shall the Assyrian beaten, be beaten down, which smote with a rod. So when Jesus returns, he destroys the body, not the soul, the body at the Antichrist. Daniel chapter 7 says, and his body was given to the burning flame. But his soul, no, no, no. It's tossed into the lake and burns with fire and brimstone, and he is tormented day and night forever and ever with no hope and no possibility of escape. Okay, let's go on. In every place where the grounded staff shall pass, which the Lord shall lay upon him, it shall be with tabrets and harps, and in battles of shaking will he fight with it. 
For Tophet is ordained old, yea, for the king is prepared. He hath made it deep and large in the pile thereof is fire and much wood, and the breath of the Lord, like a stream of brimstone, doth kindle it. As you read through this, it's all talking about the morning star. Okay, let's jump to another one now. Let's see if I can remember how to get this here. There, no, there. Okay. Woe to thee that spoilest, and thou wast not spoiled, and dealest treacherously, and dealt not treacherously with thee, when thou shalt cease to spoil. Okay. Thou shalt be spoiled. When thou shalt make an end to deal treacherously, thou shalt deal treacherously with thee. O Lord, be gracious unto us. We have waited for thee. Be thou their arm every morning. Our salvation also in the time of trouble. Time of trouble? It's talking about the day of the Lord and how God is going to protect Israel. At the noise of the tumult of the people fled, at the lifting up of thyself, thy nations were scattered. Your spoil shall be gathered like the gathering of the caterpillar, as the running to and fro of locusts shall he run. I'll get to it in just a second. This will make sense here in just a second. The Lord is exalted. He dwelleth on high. He hath filled Zion with judgment and righteousness. His wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and the strength of thy salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Behold, the valiant ones shall cry without. The ambassadors of peace shall weep bitterly. The highways lie waste, the wayfaring man ceaseth, but he broken the covenant. He hath despised the cities, he regardeth no man. Now we're getting to the point I want to get to. The earth mourneth and languisheth. We already read those same two words. Lebanon is a shame, and hew it down. Sharon is like a wilderness, and Bashan and Carmel shake off their fruits. Now will I rise, saith the Lord. Now will I be exalted. This is Armageddon. This is the day Jesus returns. Now will I lift up myself. You shall conceive chaff. Okay, so that's the burning of the tares. Okay. You shall bring forth stubble. Your breath as fire shall devour you. So again, Jesus returning with the morning star. And the people shall be as burnings of lime, as thorns cut up shall they be born, burned in the fire. You know, one of the hottest things on the earth to burn is lime. It burns really hard. Matter of fact, they used to burn lime. That's the reason they say, oh, he's in the limelight, because that meant he was on stage, because they would have little lime lanterns to burn so that people could see them because that was before electricity. Okay, let's see. Let's go to the next one here. Come near, ye nations, to hear, and hearken, ye people. Let the earth hear and all that is there in the world and all things that come forth of it. For the indignation, that's the fourth time we saw that word, all talking about the day of the Lord. For the indignation of the Lord is upon all nations. His fury upon all their armies. He hath utterly destroyed them. He has delivered them to the slaughter. Their slain also should be cast out. What's that? That's when all of the graves are opened up. That's Armageddon. When everybody is judged that didn't make it to the marriage supper of the Lamb about four months before. Their slain also should be cast out, and their stink shall come out of their carcasses, and the mountains should be melted with their blood. All of the Russians and all of their buddies that come down to attack Israel. And all the host of heaven shall be dissolved. There it is. That's the verse I'd wanted to show you. So all of the heavens 
and the earth is clean dissolved. We read that too. So all of the host of heaven, boom, it's gone. Morning stars, no more stars, no more sun, no more moon. It's all gone, all gone, gone, gone. All the hosts of heaven should be dissolved, and the heavens should be rolled together as a scroll. That's right out of Revelation 6.12. And all their hosts should be fall, shall fall down, as the leaf falleth from the vine, and as a falling fig from the tree. That's another way it's talking about the tares. As the morning star hits them, they just, it's like, poof, they're just, a pile of ashes and bones within a millisecond. Within a blink of an eye, that's faster than you can blink your eye. All of the tears on the earth are all gone. Then the other two angels, sharp sickles, they return, they slash the grapes. That's the reason the blood rises to the horse bridles by the space of 1,600 furlongs. Okay, <clears throat> keep going. For my sword, that would be the morning star, when he goes, okay, for the sword shall be, for my sword, shall be bathed in heaven. And what does he do? When he returns on the white horse, he has the word of God, he has many crowns, and he has a vesture, and on his vesture and his thighs, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that vesture was dipped in his sacrifice blood 2,000 years ago. But when he returns, he dips his clothes and he is bathed in the blood of his enemies. The sword shall be bathed in heaven. Behold, it shall come down upon Edomia, on the people of my curse to judgment. The sword of the Lord is filled with blood. It is made fat with fatness, with the blood of the lambs and the goats, with the fat of kidneys of rams. The Lord hath made a sacrifice in Bozrah, and a great slaughter in the land of Edomia. And the unicorn shall come down with them, and the bullocks with the bulls, and the land shall be soaked with blood, and their dust made fat with fatness. For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance. That's the fourth or fifth time we saw that word, vengeance. Day of the Lord's vengeance and the year of recompenses for the controversy of Zion. And the streams thereof should be turned to pitch. That's crude oil. In other words, there's such a shaking on the earth that crude oil just begins to come up oozing out of the places under the ground where it is. And there's lots of places where it is. And the dust thereof shall be turned into brimstone. So uh, there's a lot of crude oil that's released when the earth turns upside down, scatters abroad the inhabitants thereof. When there's big cracks come in the earth, because the earth, the, Jesus rises the earth to shake, the, to shake the earth terribly. And it shakes for 10 days. Um, let's see, before the throne, uh, I'm, I'm not I, I'm not able to bring that up right now. Anyway, streams thereof should be turned into pitch, and dust thereof into brimstone, and the land shall be turned, becoming burning pitch. It shall not be quenched night or day. The smoke thereof shall go up forever from generation to generation. It shall lie waste. None shall pass through it forever and ever. Now, let me show you where that. i got to jump to something here. Okay, so let's go to... Uh, Revelation. Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. No, nineteen, 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 nineteen. Right, nineteen. 
Okay, so it just said this. Her smoke rose up forever and ever. And then... Oh, for true and righteous, this is talking about America. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he has judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with the fornication and avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again, they said, Alleluia. Just talking about America. Her smoke grows up forever and ever. Why? I believe because under America, there's a lot of crude oil and some of it comes out and the morning star lights it. And apparently it burns forever. <coughs> Okay, that's, I think I covered what I wanted to cover there. And got to push the right button here. Nope. And that's where we were. I should have made note of it. I, uh, that's enough on there. Let me go to the next one, right? Yeah, okay. Here we go. I say 35. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. Now, I want to talk about this for a second. See, right now, is as you go to Israel, you would look at Israel and you would say, Israel is the glory of all lands. I can show you. Three scriptures. Matter of fact, I think I've got them handy here. Yeah. Ezekiel 20, verse 6. To bring them forth in the land of Egypt into a land flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands. Ezekiel 20, verse 15. Bring them into a land which I have given them, flowing with milk and honey, that's crude oil, which is the glory of all lands. So if you've been to Israel and you look at Israel, and you say, this is the glory of all lands? I mean, where's the glory of it? It's not what's on top of the surface that makes it the glory of all lands. It's the massive amounts of crude oil underneath the surface, surface that we believe is soon to be coming forth. Okay, so hang on here. That's in my mind. All right. Verse 1. Glad for them the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Now, one of the things I want to do is when we buy the airline, when we're able to fly Christians and Jews to Israel, I want to ask Israel for a plot of land. And then I want to send out the prayer warriors to pray over the land, to release the curses on the land. Because before, do you remember when uh, Lot and Abraham and their servants got into a big squabble? And so Abraham said, lots. Okay, well, you know, if you want to go, you want to go to the north, I'll go to the south. You want to go to the south, I'll go to the north. They're making a difference. And so Lot said, I think I'd like to go south because it is well watered. Well, where he went is Sodom and Gomorrah. And it ain't well watered. As a matter of fact, there isn't anything. I, not even a weed growing above, I would say, even ankle high. All of the weeds are, I've, I've been there okay, several times. Uh, there is not anything growing above knee level there, more like ankle level. So I can tell you that it is a very cursed land. However, wherever it is that Israel is willing to give us a plot of land, I'll send out the prayer warriors 
and oil, and we will, I'm not going to go into all the things we'll do, but we'll pray and we'll release the curses in Jesus' name. When the curse is released, I believe that this is yet to be fulfilled. Let me read it again. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon, which in that area, in those days, was some of the best area. The saying, the glory of Lebanon, Lebanon shall be given into it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellence of their God. Strengthen ye the weak hands. Confirm the feeble knees. Say to them, there are a fearful heart. Be strong. Fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Okay, that tells you that the Armageddon has not arrived yet. And that is, I think, the sixth time we've seen that same word. Even the God with recompense, that's about the third time we've seen that word. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. In other words, this is the day that Jesus returns. Then shall the lame, lame man leap as a heart, that's a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons, where each lay, shall be grass with reeds and rushes. That's a picture of that land, southwest end of the Dead Sea, being blessed before Armageddon. And a highway shall be there, and a way. It shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. But it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though, though fools, shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go upon thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed, that would be us, shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. And they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow, and sighing shall flee away. So that happens in the millennium. Okay, find the next one here. Okay, here we go. I hope this is interesting. And let's see how many people we got. 68? Yeah, about the same thing we had last week. Okay, hope this is interesting. Okay, let's go. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her, that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our Lord. I believe that that's very near to arrive. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. So when the earth shakes for ten days, between the Feast of Trumpets and the Feast of Atonement, that's what happens. Every high place falls, every valley is filled in, crooked places made straight, rough places made smooth. The earth is made into a nice round smooth ball, except there is one and only one mountain on the entire earth, and that is the mountain of the Lord, and that is just south of Jerusalem. And then when the new Jerusalem comes down, it sets down on top of that. Verse 5, and the glory of the Lord shall be received or revealed. Now, what does that mean? 
Well, that's the morning star. The morning star is the glory of the Lord. And that's the reason when the morning star is released, it dissolves the sun, moon, and the stars. It dissolves the earth. Everything sinful is all gone. Boom, just like that. Hills fall, valleys fill in. Uh, there's another scripture that says you'll be able to rock, walk. I read this a couple of weeks ago in the Bible study. Be able to walk across a river with your sandals on, not, not, not get your feet wet. In other words, it's nice and round, smooth, except for the one mountain. And that's the glory of the Lord should be revealed. So that happens on the Feast of Trumpets. And all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is the flower of the field. The grass wherewith the flower fadeth, because the fear of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. He's talking about the morning star. So when Jesus returns on the white horse, he goes, and it's like all of the people are like grass, all just, boom, they're gone, burn in a moment, and the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. The grass wherewith the flower fadeth, but the word of the Lord our God shall stand forever. O Zion, that bringeth good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. What high mountain? Only one high mountain on the earth at that time. O Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord come, will come with strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him. When does that take place? It takes place on the Feast of Trumpets. Let me jump to this. I, I want to show you something. Let me show you. I'm prepared to show you. Here we go. Okay, so when Jesus returned, I've covered this many times, but I'll briefly cover it in case you missed it. Revelation 14, 1 says, I looked and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Sion. Okay, well, Mount Sion is about a 30-minute walk from Mount of Olives. Hopefully, everybody knows that when Jesus returns here for the Feast of Trumpets or Armageddon, he returns and his feet set down on the Mount of Olives. That's the physical place he sets down on the earth, Mount of Olives. Uh, let me see if you can see this here. Am I set up right? Let me do it a different way. I want to show you. Ah, better. Now you can see more of what I'm talking about. So anyway, here he returns to Mount Zion. Then he walks around with, the, the, he resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys. They walk around for 50 days, and in the mountains found, is found no guile. Then on Pentecost, and probably this is when the everlasting covenant, the angel flying through the midst of heaven, and he says, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. Probably, if Vicki Parnell is correct, and I think she is, that when the bombs come down from the Russians, we go up. When we go up, we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. Jesus is then given many crowns, a vesture dipped in blood, and four months later, he gets a white horse as we do. He is crowned King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We only get a wedding garment. We do not get a glorified body yet. I understand that. I'm just telling you, we don't. We don't get any rewards. All we get is a wedding garment. Then, 
four months later, when we return with Jesus, when he reveals his glory, the morning star, that's when sun, moon, and stars all dissolve, the earth is all dissolved. We just read it, okay? And that's when out of our belly flows rivers of living water. That's when we get all of our mantles, crowns, rewards, our glorified body, and we step out of time into eternity. Now, see where it says 10 days here? From here to here, this is when the earth shakes. Every mountain falls, every valley fills in, crooked places made straight, the rough places are made smooth. The earth shakes for 10 days from here to here. Then he now has made a new earth. He's about to make a new heaven. I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth who passed away. And there was no more sea. So this is when the new Jerusalem comes down from heaven. Okay. Now let me jump back to the other one here. I wish there was a fast way to do this. Probably there is. I just don't know how to do it. I keep saying, yeah, I need to explore how to do that, but I haven't yet. All right, hang on here. Okay. So his reward is with him and, and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm. This is when he gathers. Remember, the Bible says in Matthew 24, he will send out his angels the four corners of the heaven to gather his elect into the barn. Well, that's him gathering all of the people into the new Jerusalem that has come down. And gather his lambs with his arm and carry them into his bosom. Shall gently lead those that are young. Who hath measured the waters of the hollow of his hand and meted out to heaven? Thank you. Okay, let me jump to the next one here. Running short on time. I try to get through these. Oops, wrong one. I keep pushing the wrong button here. Okay, got that one. Got that one. Here we go. Got that one. Okay, here we go. I say 43 1. But now, Thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he hath formed thee, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou pass through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, when do they walk through the fire? When the morning star is re released, when he blows his glory down on the earth. Thou walkest through the fire. That's when it's fulfilled in Psalm 91. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at the right hand, but it shall not come ninety. Only with thine eyes shall they behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. That's what it's talking about. When thou pass through the waters, I will be with thee. Let me skip down. Walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable. And I have loved thee, therefore will I give men for thee. I think it means servants. And people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Now, two questions. Is that before or after the millennium has started? Is that before Jesus returns or after Jesus returns? 
definitely the first few scriptures is talking about him returning. So it definitely can be afterwards, but it also can be talking about before then. The reason I say that is because right down here. Uh, everyone that is called by my name. Okay. Why is he going to gather people that are not called by his name? They didn't accept Jesus, but they didn't take the mark of the beast either. So that makes me think that this particular part is talking about before Jesus returns. We know from Ezekiel 39, verse 28, I believe it is, that says, I will leave none of them there, meaning every Jew on the planet before Jesus returns will return to Israel. That's a scripture. But it may mean also that Christians, now not all of the Christians, but many of the Christians will be called to go back to Israel. Uh, bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Whom among them can declare this and show for, former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may justify it or let him hear that is truth. And I think I'm going to jump to verse 17. Which bringeth forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the power, they shall lie down together. They shall not rise, they are extinct. They are quenched as tow. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I will even make a way in the wilderness. Okay, a beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I have given waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. That's talking about the millennium. Huh. Okay, I think I want to go to the next one. Yeah. Yeah, okay, let's see. I keep blanking the wrong button. Not there. We did that. We did that. Okay, here we go. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him. And I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two-leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go, hang on, hang on, this can make sense here in just a second. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break pieces, the break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I'll give thee the treasure of darkness and hidden, re and hidden riches of secret places. I think this is talking about the massive amounts of oil discovered. See where it says here, I'll give thee the treasures of darkness, hidden riches of secret places. Why? So that thou may knowest that I am the Lord. See, part of how God is going to get a lot of Jews to turn and receive him is when See, in Ezekiel, excuse me, in Exodus 3.8, this is when Moses is standing before the burning bush. Take off your shoes for the land you, for the ground you stand on is holy ground. So Moses took off his shoes and from the burning bush, the Lord spoke and said, get you up, I'm sending you in land that flows with milk and honey. Well, I believe that Get over here where you can see it. This is the honey. 
Now, this is real honey. I've, I did this here a while back. Let me get this off of here so you can see me here. There we go. I got more room. Okay. So, this is honey. As you can see, it's very thick. This is crude oil. Uh, and I do have a flashlight so I can show you today. If you can see this, yeah, that's maybe better like that. Okay. That is yellow colored crude oil. When, when God says, I'm sending you in land that flows with milk and honey, we believe that this is what he meant, honey. This is real honey. Okay. But if you look at them side by side, are they not the same color? Are they not the same color? Okay. So we believe when he said milk and honey, the honey part is yellow colored crude oil. In 1973, Andy Sorrell drilled uh, the deepest well in Israel, which was drilled to 21,427 feet. And he had a light showing of yellow-colored crude oil. But they dropped a string of pipe down the well by accident that was 300 foot long. And, of course, 21,000 feet is like almost five miles. Okay. So after a 300 foot string of pipe fell for four miles. By the time it hit the bottom of the well, it stuck. And they could not get it out. So it killed the well. Now, I think that that's confirmation that under Israel, someplace, is yellow-colored crude oil or honey. But Andy Sorrell also did drilled a series of other more shallow wells looking for natural gas. And he found a light showing of natural gas and he said it came out of sand as white as table salt. Meaning, when God said, I'm sending you in land that flows with milk and honey, I believe what he was saying, I'm sending you in land that flows with gas and oil. Or oil and gas. Now, let me jump back to what we were talking about here. <sighs> okay, let me start again. To subdue nations before him, I will loose the loins of the kings to open up before him the two-leaved gates. And the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. So I think this is saying I'm going to give you massive amounts of crude oil, massive amounts of riches, so that you will realize I fulfilled my Exodus 3.8 fulfillment. This also found in Jeremiah 33. I will do that thing which I promised to Israel and to the house of Jacob. For Jacob, my servants, and Israel, my elect, I have even called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee. Thou hast not known me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee that thou hast not known me that they may know from the rising of the sun of the west. Okay, so I think we got the point there. And I think that's all I wanted to cover on that one. Oh, that's one I just read. Okay. And, okay, here we go. Now let's jump to Isaiah 46, 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I'm God and there's none like me. By the way, that's a very good memory verse. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not 
yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. pleasure. Calling the ravenous bird from the east and the man that executed my counsel from a far country, yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass, and I purposed it, I will also do it. Hearken to me, ye stout-hearted, that are far from righteousness, I bring near my righteousness. It shall not be far off, and my salvation shall not tarry. I will place salvation in Zion for Israel my glory. All right, now, this, I believe, is talking about America. Oops, got to jump to the right one. Here we go. Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon, this America. Sit on the ground. There is no throne. O daughter, daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind mill. Millstone? That's straight out of Revelation 18, which is talking about America. Take the millstones and grind mill, and cut the locks, make bare the leg, and cover the thigh, pass over the rivers. In other words, he's going to make some of the people in America <coughs> that are filthy, dirty, naked in public. Excuse me. Okay. That nakedness shall be uncovered. Yea, thy shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance. I think that's the eighth time we saw that. So this is tied together the day of Armageddon. I will not meet thee as a man. For as for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. Sit thou silent and get thee into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For thou shalt no more be called the lady, lady of kingdoms. In other words, we're called America the Great. Okay. I was wroth with my people. I polluted mine, mine inheritance and given them into thine hand. Thou didst show them no mercy. In other words, we're supposed to be taking care of Israel, and we have not done a very good job of it. Thou hast showed them no mercy upon the ancient, hast thou verily lay, heavily laid thy yoke. And thou says, I shall be a lady forever, so that thou didst not lay these things to heart. Revelation 18 says, I said a queen, and I'm no widow. I shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall a plague come in one day, death, mourning, and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Almost the straight same words there. Thou saidst, I shall be a lady forever, and thou didst not lay these things to her. In other words, America doesn't listen. I can tell you, for over 30 years I've been trying to tell people Demetrius' message. They haven't listened. Neither didst thou remember the latter end of it. Therefore, hear now this, thou art, that thou, thou that art given to pleasures, that's us, that dwellest carelessly, and sayest in thine heart, I am and none else beside me. I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. <coughs> I hope I can make it. Voice is given out. But these two things shall come upon thee in a moment, in one day, the loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon thee in their perfection in the multitude of thy sorceries, for the great abundance of thine enchantments. For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness, thou hast said, None seeth me. See the wicked in America? They think they're getting by with it, okay? They don't have the Department of Injustice serving up justice anymore. Like Jeffrey Epstein thought he could get by with, you know, 
for the great abundance of thine enchantments. For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness, said none saith me, thy wisdom and thy knowledge has perverted thee, and thou hast said in thine heart, I am, and none else beside me. We are probably the only nation in human history that has claimed to be the greatest nation in human history. That's what he's talking about. Therefore, evil shall come upon thee, and thou shalt not know from whence it riseth. And mischief shall fall upon thee, and thou shalt not be able to put it off. And desolation shall come upon thee suddenly, which thou shalt not know. Why? Because Fox News and the other news outlets out there aren't telling us the truth. You think they'd put on the kind of stuff that Prophecy Club puts out? Absolutely not. Stand now with thine enchantments, with thy multitude of thy sorceries, wherein thou hast labored from thy youth. If so, be thou shalt be able to profit. If so, be thou mayest prevail. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers and stargazers, monthly prognosticators, stand up and save thee from these things that should come upon thee. Let all of those false prophets on the internet, let them stand up and stop all of these for things from coming. The people you've been listening to, evil Americans, behold, they shall be a stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall not be a coal to warm at, nor fire to sit before it. And you see how these scriptures are fitting together now? Thus shall they be unto thee, with whom thou hast labored, even the merchants from thy youth. They shall wander every one to his quarter. None shall save thee. All right, let's see, let's see. I did that. Did that, did that. Yeah, just did that. Okay, all right. Okay. We're almost through. Okay. I got it. I got it. 47. And we'll end with this. Isaiah 47.1. Come down and sit in the dust over. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, we just read this. Yep, we did. Okay, that's as far as I wanted to get. Wow, we got all the way through with it. Fantastic. Well, at least I think it's fantastic. My voice is giving out, so hopefully you think it's fantastic. I think I'm going to close there tonight. Um, it's not too much early, 742. Um, I don't want to close. I want to pray for you. I don't see that there's been any questions for me to answer. So, okay. So, let's see here. Good Bible study. Some of the comments. Okay, so let me pray and close. Lord, I thank you for these people. These about 100 people watching and the what other people going to watch the video? I love them and I know you love them. And I ask you first that you would protect them 
in the time of trouble and that you would give them strength to not deny you. You would bless them, press down, shaking together and running over. You would show them the path that you set before them, that you would be the voice behind them speaking, saying, this is the way, walk you in it. Guide them, direct them, and let every one of them hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Use them. Use them and give them many souls, not just a few, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I think I'm done. I think I'm done. So God bless all of you. And we'll see you next week, I think. I think. I don't know what my schedule is. I just I wake up every day and just go to work. Bye.